And so let's turn to Scripture. And our first reading this morning is from the book of Revelation. Over the last few weeks, we've been on Sundays, we've been looking at Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 and the letters to the churches. And now this morning, we're focusing on chapter 4 of John's vision. Revelation chapter 4. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby. A rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were twenty-four other thrones, and seated on them were twenty-four elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the centre around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honour and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For our Gospel reading this morning, we're in John chapter 7. Beginning at verse 37, as Jesus preaches at the great feast. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St John. Glory to you, O Lord. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flowing from within. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that point the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is the prophet. Others said, He is the Christ. Still others asked, How can the Christ come from Galilee? Does not the Scripture say that the Christ will come from David's family and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. 
praise to you, O Christ. So, Lord, I pray that you might speak to us through your word as we reflect together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It was 55 years ago this summer that uh, Martin Luther King um, made his famous speech, I Have a Dream, and he laid out a vision of what the future could be, a future that included an end to racism and a call for economic and civil rights, a vision for a downtrodden people, people often treated as second class and undeserving. A vision of the future is vital. Perhaps especially so if if you're going through hard times. A vision of the future gives us something to hold on to, to look forward to. It brings us hope and fresh motivation. Uh, Brexit is probably the last thing you want to hear any comment on this morning. But I can't help but reflect that the referendum of a year ago has left us in the mess we're in because, partly because at that time, neither side of the debate was able to present a clear vision of what a post-Brexit or non-Brexit future would look like. There was too much political posturing and not enough articulating vision. Now when we come to the book of Revelation, I guess it's a bit of a mystery to most of us. Maybe as you were hearing those words read from Revelation 4 earlier, you thought, what on earth is all that about? And I'm not going to try and explain every part of it this morning. But it's a book that presents a vision of what is to come. In the last few weeks, as I've said, we've been looking at those letters of John to the seven churches. Words from Jesus via John given in a vision. Words of rebuke, words of encouragement, words of challenge, reassurance and hope. Words needing to be heard from the churches of what is now modern day Turkey, facing opposition and persecution. And as we move beyond those letters, beyond chapter 3 to chapter 4 and the rest of John's vision, there's an incredible message of hope for Christians throughout the generations. This book shows us whatever we're facing in the present, we have hope for the future and God's reign will be experienced on earth in all its fullness as it is in heaven. As we hear these words, we recognise that many of us face very real challenges. Maybe we have concerns about our own health or about the health of loved ones. Maybe we have fears for the future. Perhaps there are regrets about the past. Maybe we're increasingly mindful of our own mortality. And it's easy to become discouraged or disheartened or downcast. But as God's people, we have a hope. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 to 18 reads this, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory but far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 
How horrible it must be to live without hope, believing that death is just the end, finality. There's nothing more. And yet, that's not where we stand as Christians. We may not fully understand the vision of Revelation, but the visions there point to a future beyond imagining. Some of the visions have themes of judgment, yes, but we need not fear as God's holy people. And in that hope is a vision of worship and adoration and submission to our holy God. In Revelation chapter 4, God takes centre stage. All of the imagery of the creatures and the lampstands and everything else, all of the imagery revolves around the throne itself as God's living creatures bow down to him. If you uh, want to explore what some of this imagery might mean, do have a word with me afterwards. I've got a link to uh, an excellent website which seeks to unpack um, some of the imagery that's there. But a great vision of worshipping before the throne of God. We've had a vision here. We've had a vision for the reordering of Christchurch. Many of you have now seen inside. You can see that that vision has largely been fulfilled. But it's a vision not to its own end. A lovely building. A centre of creativity, community and Christian spirituality. It goes beyond that. It's a vision of a place where God takes centre stage, just as in Revelation 4. A vision where all that goes on within those four walls will ultimately serve the worship of our Creator. A foretaste on earth of what's to come in heaven. And as we worship, we join in the cry of the living creatures and the elders gathered around God's throne. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And then later on in that passage, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. A vision of worship. And as we worship, we hold before us the image of a reimagined future. And God enables us to grow a vision and reimagine what the witness of this church might look like in the light of what's still, still to come. And so as we hold out the message of hope to the people of Downend and Bromley Heath and Staple Hill, we cry out, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. It's an image too summed up in a great hymn which we're going to sing now. I think Barbara was delighted when I asked her at very short notice if she'd be happy playing for this one. But uh, it just expresses something of a hope that's there in this passage and that we hold as God's people. It's number 81, Christ triumphant, ever reigning, Saviour, Master, King. So let's uh, stand as we sing this together, number 81.